0: Free Range Tales is a collective of adventures and stories about outdoor pursuits shared by your hosts, Jason Tarasi and Adrian Lozano. Join us as we share our tales and feature guests with unique perspectives on hunting, fishing, foraging, nature, wildlife, and wild foods, and learn about our search for the highest quality, sustainable ingredients we can find. On this week's episode, we're going over a few firsts. We recap a first lobster diving trip, a first driven duck and pheasant hunt, with the first shots flying out of some new shotguns. We've been busy in the field, but look forward to getting into the new studio because we're moving. We had a lot of fun with this one and hope you do too. Thanks for listening. And we are back on the Free Range Tales with me as always, my homie, Adrian Lozano.
1: We back. We back.
0: We back. (laughs) What's up, Jason? Doing good, man. Doing good. (sighs) we're back we keep taking these like long breaks the end of the year man and then just trying to like get back in the rhythm it's the end of the year today's kind of a special day always every day is a special day but today especially because today could be the last day we're recording in this here studio aka my living room
1: yeah um could be the last one here looking around the walls and They don't have a single picture of us on it. It's okay.
0: (laughs) Maybe the next spot. Maybe the next spot. You know, that's kind of kept us busy. You know, we're moving. Sold this house in escrow right now. Moving on to a new spot, so we'll get the new and improved studio. Hopefully, uh, dedicated studio. Hopefully, that's right, man. Yeah, we're gonna talk to the general, Amy. Yeah, talk to the boss, see if I can uh, get the studio budgeted in for (laughs) for the house. Dedicated. I like that idea. So we don't
1: have to pull out the brown box anymore. The cardboard box. <laughs> it's gonna all have, all have a place equipment. to live. It's yeah. gonna
0: have a place to live. But yeah, uh,
1: dude.
0: Congrats, congrats about that. Congrats so, on, yeah. the,
1: on selling the house. Thank you, man. I know this is uh this is gonna be a good move for you guys.
0: So yeah, man. Keeps you congrats. keeps you busy. Excited about it. Definitely. But uh, you know, trying to squeeze in some fun whenever we can and uh, you know, getting outside and, and still doing that as much as we can. But you know, I got some packing to do now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you do. Um and you have a lot of stuff. Cause we do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I already know.
0: But. I know my garage. is the funny thing is, is like, we're going to get, you know, going to kind of store everything away for a while as we're moving. And so it may be away for a month or something. I don't know how it's going to go, but I was like, everything in the garage needs to stay like readily available. Close. Like, I'm like the rest of this crap I could care less about, right. like all my equipment and gear and all my tools. And yeah. stuff. I'm like, I need all that stuff. Yeah rest of this shit I could care less yeah yeah let it go
1: I need my shotgun and my fishing poles and my spear gun <laughs>
0: exactly <laughs> It starts out up really quickly all this stuff and then you know I'm like going to my in-laws and my dad and just yeah. being like hey can you hold this for me and I'm just bringing Keep over it close stuff. don't yeah. bury
1: it don't don't put it behind the, <laughs> the other stuff um, yeah, yeah yeah but we left off on the last episode uh with uh you and Amy gonna go diving for lobster I believe
0: Yes. Thank you very much, man. It was, uh, that was an awesome, ah, awesome experience. Cheers. Oh, cheers, man. We forgot cheers. to,
1: we forgot to, We're cheers. We're back.
0: We're back here. Yeah. Cheers it up. But, we, uh, we always forget. Yeah, man. We, uh, lobster diving was awesome. Great experience, man. So much fun, dude. Did you you hit, guys, you guys, uh, you guys tackled that head on. Like you didn't
1: really, uh, you didn't really, I didn't see the fear. <laughs> like I was in fear the first time I dove in. <laughs>
0: There's a In, lot of elements. Night. Yeah, there's a lot of elements. It's nighttime.
1: Um, yeah, that I, you guys went right for it. I was I was pretty excited for you guys. Pretty cool. So tell me about it. How what was your first experience like?
0: It, it was it was interesting because you know we're diving kind of a you know shallower area where you can kind of like see. You've got your light. Um, you kind of trade your spear gun for a light, so that's kind of the big big difference. And your field of vision is really what your light is lighting up. And so, you you know, it's pitch black other than that. And, you know, we kind of pulled up to the spot and boat kind of dropped us off and get in the water. You and, said
1: too much. You've given away our Yeah, spot. given, given you, it all away. said we had a boat. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get in the water and you're just like, okay. And there you are kind of like swimming. And, you know, there's a couple like bait fish that kind of get attracted to the right, light. Right. And they dash in front of you and it scares the shit out of you because you're like, <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Ah, and you're just kind of like swimming and then you know, then all of a sudden like you start to see features, you know, you see some rocks, see some kelp, you see some stuff and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, here we are. And, uh, you know, then it's kind of like game on and then you got to kind of like assimilate your eyes to kind of hunting again and looking for lobster. Well, adjusting your
1: eyes to like, you don't know what to look for the first time. Um, I noticed you and Amy were, uh, swimming right over some, because you weren't used to what
0: to look for. For sure. For sure. Um, and, you know, the, the approach that we took to it, or the approach I took anyway, was kind of more spot and stock, you know, like kind of when you've got your light, you know, you're up on the surface and yeah. you're looking down and kind of like would get a glimpse of like an area that looked good. Or I, I, I kind of initially, what I was doing was if I saw a lobster, if they happened to be out on the side of a, of a crack or a rock or the reef or whatever... I would punch down right then, you know, just kind of get a yep. big suck of air yep, and just punch down and then just try to get into their zone. And what I started to do and helpful tip from you was not to keep the light on them directly because if you kept your light directly on them
1: they, got them, they would
0: creepy crawl and just get on out of theirs. Before you could even get to them, they were gone. They would tuck themselves into a hole or a crack or whatever and just you know, they were gone.
1: Yeah. So that was over,
0: you know, you couldn't get to them now unless you wanted to kind of squeeze in there and try to get into the rocks and whatever. But what I noticed was, you know, like you said, just kind of keep point your light away, but keep them right on the periphery Yeah. and just kind of keep an eye on them. Get close, get close, get close. And then as soon as you're within like arm's reach, like don't hesitate, just pounce and grab it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I took that to heart and I think one of the first dives I took First lobster I saw, like went down, punched down, grabbed it, and it was a legal, legal size yeah. lobster. And I was like, sick. Yeah, like, yeah. And, you know. Now then, like you kind of got to wrestle with them, and they're trying it, to get it, away it, and hold on to it. It gets a gotta, little.
1: You got to get used to like handling them, right? Right. And, and and then you you know it's nighttime. You have your your uh, flashlight around your wrist, or and then you you got you don't want to let this bug go. So you got like two hands on it, <laughs> and then you like, well, wait, I have to measure it, and how do I get the measuring? oh like what well, how do i do this so luckily you know i mean we're all we all should be together yeah we're team diving yeah. yeah i was right there i stopped i saw you kind of like i saw you go down saw, saw my like, light flashing around all over the place because i'm wrestling with this thing i was like what does he see what does he see, he see something. <laughs> and then i actually saw you like pounce like move quick um and i was like oh he went for one and then you come up And I I knew you had one in your hands because of the way you were coming up. You know, your light was dangling. Uh, So then uh, I just went over and helped you out and got it, you know, in the bag and measured it. And it was, dude, that was so exciting. Oh, so, so. High five.
0: Yeah, dude, you got your first one. It was cool because it was like, you know, first, first time lobster diving, first time diving at night. And It was like Um, three minutes in. Yeah, super like, you know, first punch down, like right away. So it was like, you know, pinnacle. And then yeah. it
1: and then it went ghost town yeah, for it did a while. go ghost
0: town for a while.
1: we couldn't find a bug well, a legal size
0: yeah there you was kind of a lot of your shorts, hands on some
1: shorts and a lot of babies after that uh to where we had to move then yep went to a new spot and then uh it was we found some yeah b- got a, bugs. a couple
0: more and it was cool man it's a it was a fun experience, you know, diving out fairly late at night you know you're getting in the water at like yeah. 10 10 p.m and you know we didn't wrap up and you know i think we wrapped up at like you know it was like 1 or something was silly it? dude it was super late was it super that late? late it was ridiculous I maybe maybe it was earlier but i, I, think, I know i got home at like yeah. 3:30. okay yeah or dude. what like, yeah oh crazy. yeah that, that's
1: right okay so that was that night I, I get the nights mixed up but that was the late one that was the late one yeah you're right it was like 3:30. i didn't get home till four
0: yeah, dude, it was super. It was that ridiculous. was that
1: was a, a shitty one. The next one, uh, we went out, I, I got home like at twelve thirty. Yeah, yeah, no, that was better. We
0: started a little earlier yeah. and made it a little more reasonable.
1: That's right. The night
0: that, that we the first night we went out and we stayed out super late, you know, I wanted to be like overly ambitious and like didn't want to <sighs> give I had like plans to go quail hunting the next morning and I didn't want to give those plans up. What? So I like which you, you did force myself to get it. up, forced myself to get up and went out and went quail hunting dude, um, surf and turf. Man. Yeah. Dude, I was trying to like get it done. Ironically, kind of a long story is, uh, that night yeah. had like, it was like, I think it was Halloween or right around Halloween. We had a Halloween party to go to. And so it was like a triple, like just marathon session. Yeah. Like yeah. The lobster diving, before, got, got home super, Halloween. super late. Yeah. Went quail hunting in the morning. You went hard, boy. Got geared up, pregame for this like Halloween party, and was thrashed, dude. I got so twisted, dude. I was like depressed for like a week after that. Note, I to I, after yeah. that right? <laughs> Note to dude. self
1: after that, right? Note to self: sleep deprivation plus outdoor outdoor like, activities, yeah,
0: dude. I was um, will we'll
1: set you up for a blackout state yeah, of mind.
0: A couple cocktails, and I was inebriated Shmammered. yeah it was rough it was a rough, rough event. <laughs> i made some memories I, other memories for other people that they can heckle me for for plenty of years because i was out of control i but. heard rightfully so <laughs> right it was a good time so. man a little dehydrated but uh was stoked man i got some lobsters in the freezer some quail good to go man <laughs> can't complain there yeah, man then. stoked
1: can't complain there
0: dude.
1: <laughs> heck yeah dude let's let's shift over to some quail hunting because yeah, we we've, we've done that as well um in our in our uh, free-range tales uh, hiatus, for again. sure. Um, they've they, how, man, they are tough suckers this season.
0: Yeah, it's it's a tough one. You know, the it's uh, like they're being trained by us. <laughs> they're definitely learning learning our skills as much as we're learning theirs. They're learning ours. Um, you know, the last the last few times we've gone out, it's you know the birds are acting very like yeah. mid mid season you know, they've got some pressure on them, not only just from, from us, but from other people, other hunters and
1: yeah, yeah, different think, things. And I think we've been out what three, three times since yeah. then, since uh, our last uh, um, episode. Right. And uh, every single time it's been tough hunting.
0: Yeah, it really is. I think, you know, the birds seem to be a little bit more spread out, kind of dispersed to the area, not coving up in, you know, the the bigger, larger groups, they're kind of getting into smaller groups. I think that there's, it's,
1: it's all been different every single time. Right. Um, the only thing that's been the same is one weekend to the next, they were actually in the same
0: hill, general the same, vicinity, the yeah, same yeah, yeah.
1: area. Um, that was the one thing that was the same so far this season. Is right. What I feel right. Once we do jump them, uh, then it's, ones and twos that jump, yeah, yeah, uh, that that pops sometimes they fly and then they're running, and sometimes they're flying and staying put and uh, really really holding tight. I, I'm so baffled. This this season has been very uh spontaneous and and different. I it, don't know, it,
0: it has been, man. It's been it's been really fun. There's actually kind of a cool uh, you know, I, don't, I can't remember why we weren't able to go, I think you might have been out of town. Uh, one of the weekends or something, but you know, Amy and I went up there just the two of us and went to this, this spot that we kind of hit before and, and had some luck at and, uh, having just the two of us, no dog, just, you know, like when you have more people, yeah. somebody kind of becomes the dog because they kind of stumble into them and then it, you know, guilty you as yeah, exactly guilty, <laughs> but only having, uh, having two of us out there kind of makes it a little trickier to kind of locate the birds because mm-hmm. you're not covering as much ground. Um, you don't have as much, as many eyes and, you know, you're just not, not able to locate them as easily. Um, and what we did was we kind of, you know, the, the time before we had found birds there and, uh, ended up going back to like the same location and kind of being like, well, they were here last time. Let's go back and check. And, uh, when we got up there, you know, we kind of started kind of creeping up and it was kind of this hillside, kind of a little draw. And there were some, some bushes in there and we were like, okay, like we'll get, let's kind of go in there and we'll walk. And so we start to kind of like slowly migrate in there. And I kind of walked up this, of this draw there's kind of, you know, which is basically a Valley and there was a high point, which was like kind of a finger off of the, the main yeah, a little peak spine. or whatever. Yeah. Kind of a spine coming off of it. Yeah. And I kind of crept up that Amy kind of kept up like, kind of like midway through that, like, Fingers the thing, yeah, kind of the slope area and yeah. we kind of like worked our way up. Yeah. And as we got a little closer, I could hear this little chatter. kind of, And could kind of hear the oh. chirping? And I was like, instantly I stopped yeah. and I said, Amy, they're right here. Like they're right here. Get ready. Cause they're right here. I couldn't tell where they were. I knew we were close. And so I was like kind of communicating like, Hey, they're close. Like kind of, you know, making some hand gestures, like move forward. Cause like we're really, we're on them. They're here. And I could tell it was kind of a bigger group. So I start to kind of move up this finger a little higher, kind of get closer towards the the peak or like the apex of the valley. Amy's kind of coming up and uh, I stop and kind of like move around a bush. And when I did that, you know, one of the smarter birds knew just to f- get out of there. And so this whole covey decides to flush and it was like 40 or 50 birds. They uh-huh. were all together in this big, big bush and they all flushed. And I was kind of, wasn't in a good spot to shoot yeah amy wasn't in a good spot to shoot but it was absolutely like enchanting and majestic to see that many birds yep. flush all at the same time and i wasn't you know it's like as much as i wanted to shoot and i was like after it happened i was like damn it i should have yeah. shot but to sit there and watch it like we tracked him down found him and the then, hunt. then flushed them. it was the all the, the whole process yeah happened and yeah. then to see this just absolute magic of birds just flying out all at the same time and just flushing in kind of different directions and uh, just sat there and just washed in like in awe yeah. as these things flushed and then it was like game on we just started like running up the rest of the hill trying to relocate them and it became a game of cat and mouse for the rest of the morning trying to relocate them ended up getting into them and finding them and kind of just finding a bigger group again because they kind of felt because we were there was only two of us we were moving around. We gave them time to kind of regroup, sure, yeah, and, and recovery back up and then relocated them. And then it was,
1: I've um, noticed that once around. we, uh, once we, once they land and you kind of know where they land or they drop over a hill, a little, a little false hill, and uh, you go chase them. I feel like they stay put most of the time, or the, at least the this is how the birds that we chase. I'm not saying all quail are like this. I shouldn't speak in such definite ways, but, um, that yeah, the ones that we are chasing, they stay put. If you go chase them right away, if you give them about 10 minutes, they will jump and fly. Uh, but they're not going to jump at all. It's like, they just flew and they're not down to yeah, do that again. Yeah,
0: You, you made a good point. Actually, one day we were out in the field and we had done that and we couldn't relocate them again. And we knew we were like, basically stepping on them but they yeah. weren't flushing weren't flying and you were like maybe they're just like gassed out you know like maybe they because they ran they flew yeah we, they ran again yeah. and we're running right after and putting a bunch of pressure the on pressure them. yeah and so they're kind of like maybe just they're they're holding really really tight and not wanting to flush and so and it's protective right like they're like going like damn like okay i flushed i got a couple bullets whizzing by me right now i'm gonna hold tight and not flush and I think you also bring up a good point. Like we're just talking to our experience, you know. Totally. Like we're we're learning as we go, and we're learning in our backyard. You know, this is our area, our zone. You said too much. This, this is going to be completely erase, erase yeah. this episode.
1: <laughs> erase. We have to copy over this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is like you know it's right here for us, right in our area. Yeah. So you know, I was thinking about this. Like you know, you can, you know, especially with like social media and stuff. Like you're kind of inundated with information, and you're like you're looking at guys that are hunting in like South Dakota sure. or they're hunting in like whatever, Colorado, L- wherever, Montana. wherever they're hunting. Yeah. It's a totally different zone than we are in yeah. the, the bird, the species may be just a little different. The react, the way they react to people, the pressure may be different. Like all these different things. The fact kinda that kinda ours do not call. Yeah. That's been like a protective thing that they're not re- responding to calls.
1: The, I mean, we've heard them call, but they do not respond back to our calling. And we just have to hear their call and then just go that way. Right. That's just what we figured out. Like for us to call is pointless on the birds that we chase. Now I've chased the same species of quail, the very same, you know, valley quail um, in a different area, different location completely, and they will respond back to my call. And you could almost just like walk in that same direction calling and it, and it works. This uh, is a hybrid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this little little puppy's getting kind of wise wise un, to our game, right? It's unbelievable!
1: I don't believe how good they are at learning our tactics. Um, I, I, it's pretty awesome
0: that's uh, a game of cat and mouse right it's like, pretty that's cool like figuring it out and you keeping know, it's, it fresh it's a learning experience and and as the season progresses you know it gets it gets harder and harder the weather starts to change a little bit you know we're going out there multiple times there's probably other hunters that may be hitting the zone too
1: which we're trying to figure out their pattern um now that
0: the weather changed and yeah got a lot colder no the temp drops you know and uh but it you but understand. it benefits i like it a little better when yeah. the temp drops um i'm hoping the birds do too and you know maybe it'll kind of kind of bring them back together and well, but it's we, been been we, fun man there has been a good season they probably don't run
1: as much when it when the temp drops <laughs> exactly. they probably just uh fly and land and stay still
0: yeah no it's been a been a really fun season you know it's just learning experience we've been putting a lot of
1: time in speaking of fun season <coughs> i mean oh my gosh i mean uh you you just got a got a new addition to the safe i did i did man had to, to let's, buy a new let's, toy. let's brag about your his and hers. <laughs> your his and hers. Uh, I just thought of it right oh, no, now. New new I totally toys, forgot.
0: man. New toys. Yeah. Let's. What you got? So yeah, we. Uh, you know, after some consideration, much shopping. I like to do a lot of research, especially on like toys. You don't and stuff. say. I like you to don't do a lot say. of research. Started kind of wiring <laughs> it in, and, and you know, I've been using a pump action shotgun forever. Uh, you know, Remington. 870 Wingmaster. It was a it was a kind of a gun I got from my dad that he had bought, you know, back in like 1970 something. Yeah. It was just a classic, well taken care of. Uh, I t- I babied that thing, took care of it. Not did, a scratch
1: on it until you got of, it. Yeah,
0: not a, exactly. <laughs> Give it back to him now. It's all scratched up and banged Whoops. up. But uh no, man, really babied that thing, took care of it. It took care of me. I mean, it was an amazing gun. Loved it, but just kind of was like, you know, I'd like to get a semi-auto. And kind of like upgrade the the system a little bit and kind of get into some new guns. Amy, same thing. She wanted to wanted a new gun as well. So we started doing some homework, um, started doing some shopping online, and then got out into the stores. Ended up kind of deciding on kind of probably a pretty high end gun as far as kind of like a field gun. Uh, went with a Beretta 800. Um, I went with what's called the Explorer model. So it's it's wood grain. Semi-auto. A-100? A-400. A-400. Yeah. Beretta A-400 okay. is, okay. is the model. It's kind of their, uh, they use it for pretty much everything. There's like a million different variations of the A-400. Okay. You know, they've got synthetic versions. Yeah, yeah. The Three and a half inch chambers, three inch chambers, wood grain, you know, models that are made specifically for skeet shooting, trap shooting, hunting, waterfowl, you know, kind of all these different variations. And it kind of is very specific to what you kind of want out of it. I ended up going with a gun that's kind of a, oh, the other feature of this gun is it has kind of what's called a kickoff system. And so uh, basically yeah. it's like kind of recoil absorption. Okay. And it says, it marketing-wise, it says that it's 70% reduction. Put some heavier loads through it and definitely is a big, big reduction from the pump action that I was using before. I bet. So it makes a big difference. And it just kind of with that, it cycles really fast. I mean, it's a great gun. I mean, it's a classic. There's a lot of them out there italian made you know it's it's a great gun yeah so i we love it i you know i went with the wood grain three inch chamber amy went with a synthetic three and a half inch chamber kind of waterfowl kind of you know foolproof gun that's like you could swim in a pool with it take it out and it'll still fire rounds out of it you know it's crazy crazy. where mine with the wood grain you got to kind of baby a little bit more (laughs) I, i it's a tool you know like i was kind of worried you know recently was going on a hunt and uh there was some rain forecasted and was like, oh no, I don't want to get my gun wet. But then I'm like, dude. You're oiling it. Yeah. Exactly. Oiling it? Yeah, putting mink oil, like boiling it up, getting making sure it's good to no go. No moisture gonna get yeah. you, baby. But then I'm like, dude, wood guns, <laughs> wood guns have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah, dude. And they like last forever. And you'll be fine. The gun I was using that was a hand me down, was a wood gun. Well taken care of. You didn't, didn't worry about the, it, like, you
1: didn't worry about the moisture on ne- that one.
0: Never. Yeah, I was like, it's not mine. I don't care. <laughs> but the
1: new one is like, oh, I can't
0: take it out. I can't take it out. But no, it's it's worked great. Great tools, man. Sweet. They're amazing. Definitely Sweet. like you know they're ridiculous, dude. When, you know they're awesome. So good, good stuff to have. Yeah, to lightweight toolbox. too. Oh, well, super lightweight. Got to, you got to swing it a little bit. Got to hold that. let you put some rounds through. You have to sign a waiver. You know, Shot three the, rounds. Yeah, disclosure waiver yeah. To, to shoot it. So, you know, it was Ten dollars <laughs> a round. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, no. Uh, no, they're fun, man. It's like, you know, getting tools like that are awesome because it's like, you know, and it's something that I was like, man, knowing that my dad had bought a gun and, and handed it down to me is going like, you know, you could kind of could be kind of a generational thing that you could pass down through. the, yeah. you know, if anybody else is interested in, in it in future generations, you know, it'd be pretty, pretty cool. So
2: yeah,
1: definitely got him. Yeah, fun. You, you definitely did. It's weird because I I still shoot the same amount of birds with my <laughs> with my. Gun.
0: Yes, that is true. And I, you know, still if not more, trying to drop some ah! birds with that thing, trying to drop some <laughs> birds with that thing. But I nah. look cool doing it. Man. Yeah, That's you
1: sure, sure look good, dude. You sure look good out there, swinging <laughs> that thing, and it's all like, "Woo, look at that gun! It's so fancy, so so nice." <laughs>
0: My shoulder isn't sore anymore. My arms aren't. Man,
1: sore then my Italians know what they do. That's right.
0: And it was like the brotherhood, man. It's kind of like joining the mafia. You had to get one.
1: Yeah, was yeah. it like, uh was it like Pandora when you got onto your- <laughs> <laughs> you, you bonded with it? You just that's whoosh, right. Your hands formed to it to the wood grain. Yeah, dude, that's a it's a beautiful shotgun, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, thank so you both so. of you guys for getting that things. Um,
0: and had some luck with it recently, you know, got it, got it out there in the field and, and got some birds down with it. So, you know, so far so good shooting well, shooting straight.
1: So you're saying it works and it's not user <laughs> error. You're saying it, it works. So if you start missing in the future, you know, it's you.
0: Yeah. No, that's the truth, man. So it was, uh, it was good. You know, actually, you. I, you know, kind of just totally side, side from the gun. I just thought of a random story when we were out the last time we went out talking about my dad. This is kind of a fun little, oh, yeah. fun fact. You know, my dad never really hunted at all. Like he had a, he had a shotgun, like back in the day, like his, his parents, my grandparents owned some property, like way out in the desert, like way out in the Mojave. Like my great grandmother had like homesteaded some property out there. Like just felt like, Hey, I'm just, you know, back in the day, like you'd stake out land and like it's yours. And if nobody claims it, it's, it's your land. And so my great-grandmother had homesteaded land out like out in the Mojave Desert. Kind of when you really think about the area, it's kind of developing now. But back in there, I was like, why would you homestead there? But right, right, it was right. like, hey, you could stake the land out and it was yours. So they had this like homesteaded land that was like passed on through the family. And back in like the you know 70s when my dad and, and uncle and stuff and my grandfather were, were growing up, they would go out there and they had this land and they would kind of just go tinker around on it you know, shooting at Tweety birds and rabbits sure. and just kind of going out there, just to have fun. They'd target shoot and stuff, but my dad wasn't an avid hunter and it was not something that I was raised doing. And we've talked about this in the past, you know, it's right. something I was raised doing, Right. but you know, he gave me this gun. I became passionate about hunting and then, you know, I'm coming, we're having dinner and talking about having some beers and I'm telling him, oh, we went out and hunted. Got you know, a bunch of quail. You we got, did this, we did that. So then he started to kind of get the bug. He got psyched. And so, you know, just this past year, he was like, Oh, I kind of want to go. And I was like, well, you got to do the hunter safeties course. Lucky we have a Bass Pro shop close by. They offer the hunter safeties course. I said, Hey, they're doing one this weekend, like sign up for it. So he signed up and, you know, he went and took the class, you know, he sat through the whole thing. Kind of, I told him, Hey, it's just all common sense,
1: Yeah. but just be
0: ready, you know, just kind of gun safety stuff, you know, like, when you're hunting with people, be ready and you know, all those different things. So he, uh, went out there and did that. And, uh, you know, he passed the test, got his license. And the very next weekend we took him out. And so it was super fun to kind of get him out there and go, go out on a hunt. But, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome getting him out in the field. You know, it was, a, we had a big group. Dude. We had eight or nine of us right, out there walking right. around. It and, was-
1: and we're mid season hunters. So we, we have the legs already. Um, <laughs> and, and your, you know, your dad held his own. He was. He was definitely tailing us, but he <laughs> he didn't fall behind too far. Like he was still, you know, there, and he was able to get shots off. Birds jumping around him like crazy. He was yeah, at, you know, I, in I, the I, middle of it, found I, himself dude, in the did, middle He did, of did of find a, himself
0: right in the middle of it. He was of a flurry, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was really funny because you know I told him beforehand. I was trying to kind of get his expectations ready. I said, "Hey, it's it's kind of high intensity. You know, a lot of walking." you know, up and down hills. And then when we say go, you better just move your ass and go. And so I kind of tried to give him the kind of the rundown of what's happening. And he, he held his own and got out there, got some shots off and, you know, had some chances of birds, saw us get some birds. So it was, and it was cool. It was
1: pretty cool, man. Every step he took, like we, even after shots, like and bird would jump. Uh, we'd take shots, we would miss. And then, uh, he would take another couple of steps and two, three more birds would jump out
0: that one was really funny. Cause was I, you know, after we like, you know, I had kind of got my eyes on some birds and we all like kind of charged over there yeah. and we kind of ended up finding a couple, but they were holding really, really tight. Kind of what you're describing earlier, weren't wanting to fly. Right. And so what ended up happening is we kind of got dispersed through this, this zone that they were in. And then as one person would walk, they would push the bird. And Amy said this, Amy said she would walk towards like my dad and the bird. She could see the bird run. And then the bird would run to like where my dad was and then be like, Oh shit. And then it would flush and then they would both shoot and then we would get shots, you know? So it was like kind of a crazy little setup that it just kind of, cause we were kind of pushing around, which was, it was more of a driven style hunt. Yeah. We were pushing, pushing
1: which we should have learned from because that's probably interesting, you know, Pushing them towards someone else.
0: No, I mean that's it was a great way to go. And, Get
1: someone else on the other side of the field, yeah, and then push towards them, and then that person jumps them up.
0: Driven style hunt, man. I mean, I think it's a good way to go, especially when the birds are being pressured and you I'll, kind be of mid, mid-season. Yeah. I'll be the dog mid season. Yeah, I'll be. I think dog. we gotta we gotta like do Rochambeau, do some like rock paper scissors to figure out who's gonna do the duty. It tends to be my cousin
1: Mario or me that that we almost step on the birds. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know when we're Flush all out, there, yeah. it's just like we end up like knowing for some reason like they're right here.
0: No, having not having a dog, pick them up. We are having, the dog. Having lots of bodies makes it makes it pretty useful for
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, we are the dog. But oh man, I'm thirsty. Yeah, man,
0: out, of beer. To, out of beer. Time to reset. I'm but uh, plenty thirsty. more to get into. There's more hunts to cover. Talking yeah. about driv, driven hunts. There's you, a driven hunt. You, you guys really um, got, got to lots, use
1: your new shotguns. Yeah,
0: lots lots to get into, man. Lots to recap. So uh, let's get a beer. Let's get a beer. Fill it up, and we'll be back. And we are back with full
1: beers. My beer is full, and full, full, I full. need to pop it.
0: And if you listened, you heard a third. Open. Was that? <laughs> was that a third crack? Because we found we found somebody on the way to the cooler. Amy, thank you for joining us. Hey
2: guys. Amy I you was you guys thirsty have too all the fun. at the same
0: time. Cheers! <laughs> cheers! Cheers! Glad.
2: Shocking. Welcome. Cheers, guys.
0: What are you uh, drinking today, Adrian?
1: Mm. I found a uh, Alpine beer. Nelson IPA, seven percent.
0: Nelson hops, man, that's good stuff. Brewed and canned in San Diego, California. Amy, what do you got?
2: I have a little uh, Sierra Nevada Skiesta Bavarian style lager. It is brewed in collaboration with Teton Gravity Research. Interesting. Pretty sweet. Yeah, both, that you know, things I like Sierra Nevada and Teton.
0: Yeah, that style. was some good good marketing because it got me to buy the beer, and uh are a it. I'm drinking it too, so it's pretty good. No, it's good. It's getting me pumped for a ski delicious. season. It's pretty, you know, a little Bavarian style lager. It's good. Just
2: had my first drink. I like
0: Skiers. it. Skiers,
2: I support.
1: <laughs> we hey, all here. just
2: hater, man. We transitioned. No, you hater. have to
1: do, like. You would have my respect if you were like skiing and then shooting a twenty-two after.
2: Hey,
0: and then put that twenty-two dude.
1: on your back and then like. Sk, sk,
0: sk, That's an Olympic sk, sport. Sk, 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 so sk. I'm kind of down to try it.
1: That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Take yeah. down a deer and. Then, sk,
0: <laughs> S- S- ski out there to go get them, S- go tour up there to them.
1: Pack the meat out and ski down the hills. Ah, uh, dude, wow. now okay. we're talking, dude.
2: All right. Well, That's some James Bond shit right I there. I like it.
0: I like it. I like it. <laughs> but, um, the reason we wanted to bring Amy in now is because uh, lucky enough for us, we got to go on a driven duck and pheasant hunt this past, past weekend. Yep. So, what was that done.
1: like with your new shotgun? Highfalutin.
2: Oh, you it know a, it was. It was very, a highfalutin yeah, shotgun. It was very comfortable. I'm gonna say it was nice on the shoulder. Bigger, round, didn't matter. Yeah,
1: size does matter.
2: <laughs> Adrian, hey, if you don't know that by now, you three are three and a half inch
1: shells. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, some of Call us for have, me,
1: sh-
0: shotgun.
2: <laughs> some of us have bigger guns than others. What can I say? Yeah, oh, goodness! The listeners are going to wonder what all that huffing and puffing is about. <laughs> Only we are watching the that body motion. Get oh, we'll oh, that to ourselves. Gosh. Moving on. Get moving that corn out
0: of my face. <laughs> so uh, we got to go, or got invited to go up to uh, Comanche Hills Pheasant Club, which is up in uh, kind of Northern California, Sacramento Bay Delta area. Kind of my my sister's brother in law is a member there just a family
2: now yeah he's family family. we're family family.
0: family. we got invited by family yeah i got invited to go up there and uh go on this hunt it's kind of an event that he puts on every year so it's a driven duck and pheasant hunt um and kind of what that means is these birds are are farm raised so they're not wild birds but they're released and kind of their destiny is to be a part of this hunt um so you know, it's
2: <laughs> That's uh, I like, a weird, I like the way you put that. Weird it was, way to put that. it There's was destiny. weird.
1: You flew kind of right by it and then said, yeah, and they're going to die.
2: <laughs> harvest. Sir. Yeah. It was
0: definitely kind of a meat harvest, but it was really, really cool. You know, we haven't done any, any duck hunting before. We've done some pheasant hunting. We were lucky enough to go out to Comanche Hills before go out with Andy who put, put on this event and, uh, do some pheasant hunting. I think I've talked about it before going out with the dog Fritz and kind of, you know, awesome experience. Uh, But this one was a, was a driven duck and pheasant hunt and kind of, you know, throws it back to kind of some, some earlier times and kind of civilization. You know, you go back to kind of like the English were really big. This was something in Europe that was kind of big English and German, you know, French, there was like driven hunts. It was something that like the royalty used to do, but then it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the, the quail. When you're hunting, you know, when you're kind of realizing you can push through an area. Yeah. What I guess they used to do back in kind of like the days of you know the British royalty, the the French royalty is that they would have kind of the the peasants, so to speak, would walk through the forest and push game out towards the royalty, and the royalty would be there to kind of oh, wow. take whatever was coming their way. So that's kind of in theory what this is. Is kind of a modernized version of. I was
1: story. unaware of
0: that. <laughs> 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 FYI, look it
1: up. Google Wayne's World reference yeah.
2: there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll put his sources. I love those I love those little
1: tidbits of information.
2: That's, I, I that's feel amazing. very important and very that's royal. That's awesome. I yeah. didn't know how cool I was until you explained that to us. I was
0: so who was the peasant?
1: And yeah. Was it but you, uh, Jason, walking in front?
0: <laughs> so this one was was interesting because there was, you know, I think forty some odd hunters that had signed up or Andy had invited. Jesus, that's a but lot. But then it got down to like thirty seven, I think, were the total that showed up the day of. And you know, Amy, myself, and my dad, you know, with his new new hunting license, was able to get out there and, and come.
1: So there was three open spots, and I wasn't there. Yeah,
0: you should have should have got the invitation.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Should have picked up on that, huh? Yeah, next, a, year. A, next, year. Com- next year. Next year. Party.
1: Party. I had a company holiday party. Uh, I
2: wanted to
0: make sure you'd like it, so yeah. that's why I went
1: to go try it out see if you'd like it. <sighs> that's good. I'm glad. We don't you're want you to waste your money. You're always thinking of me.
2: <laughs> after the
1: fact. Always oh, after?
0: <laughs> when you're eating it.
2: <laughs> oh, we would have had so much fun on this trip,
0: Adrian. <laughs> oh, man. But, but going into it, it was really intense. We didn't know what to, to anticipate because we'd never done it. Yeah. Andy had told us some stories, but- you really didn't know what to to think of this the
1: idea. The and videos were cool.
0: Yeah, the videos are cool. We we'll have to kind of put them up on social media and kind of get that out there and kind of do it. It's a little like I like uh, the
1: one where the, the dog is pointing and you guys step over the bird.
0: Oh yeah, man. That was uh, that was an interesting one. So to kind of give context before that, it was it was a really windy day. There was kind of a, a storm front moving in and nobody needs to know that. It was it was <laughs> I'm funny. Just it it because like detail oriented antici- anticipating was like I was thinking that we were gonna it was gonna be dumping rain. So I That's was kind of right. like prepping yeah. for that, kind of going like, okay, yeah. it might rain, like what's that gonna be like? Waterfowl, whatever, you just go out there and shoot. But you know, the day we showed up, the weather pattern kind of had changed, and it was now kind of before the storm had moved in, so it was really windy. And I'm talking like 35 mile an hour wind. Damn. And so yeah. the way the setup was was that there these, it was kind of on a on a hill, and so there was a bluff at the top of the hill. And the birds were being released from, you know, just above that bluff and they would fly out above this bluff. And then below the bluff, maybe, you know, 40, 50 yards down, there were a series of blinds. And then you'd put two to three hunters per blind. And then, you know, the way that was set up the hunt was that, you know, every five to 10 minutes you would like, they would stop releasing birds yeah. And then they would rotate the yeah. blinds so everyone got their chance cuz like you know some blinds could be hotter than others and they wanted everyone to get kind of a fair chance to cool. Kind
2: and of there are her. two rows of blinds.
0: Okay, so, so
2: for
1: for those people like aunts and uncles of mine that don't know what a bluff or a blind is, what's a bluff? And what's a blind?
0: So the bluff is kind of like a, a small cliff okay. at the top of a hill. So this hill kind of went up. It was probably- i
2: a geologist now. You know, kind yeah, of- a, You
1: kind of have to formation. be. We become chefs. We become geologists. We become- <laughs> Uh, wildlife experts and, and <laughs> right. behavior, We're to just behavior,
0: behavioral patterns.
2: Pattern. Man, over here, <laughs> we've had weather. Wow, you're We're
0: getting covering all the aspects. Astrology? Or what? You we do so study, much research. Study
1: the moon phases, the tidal you swings. What kind
2: of soil that was, Jason?
1: In solar system.
0: Somehow it all kind of works out because uh, you got to kind of pay attention to all that. Stuff cool. So,
1: so a, a bluff it. is like a little cliff, a
0: mini little cliff. You know, maybe. 10 feet at the max, you know, yeah. five feet kind of, they're just this little, little bluff, little cliff. And so then at the, the top of this hill, there was that bluff. And then it ran down to the blinds, which these blinds were very rustic. They were kind of just pieces of wood that were kind of studded that you could kind of stand. Behind and so a
1: blind is something you can hide behind or blend into right. the background. Yeah. It gives you so comfort. it's a full camouflage kind of like behind sticks, uh, branches. You can make it out of, whatever and right. actually spray paint it, whatever. Yeah. Put put trees and stuff on it. Right. Mostly used in like duck hunting or waterfowl, where birds will actually get scared if they actually see something not right.
0: Yeah. And they would veer out of the way and, and so on. And so, so that's, that's what so a blind use, is. Yeah. Okay. To give you some coverage camo and so that you're at your you're, you're blocked. And so Amy and I were were grouped together and you know I I think I had to take a leak. I don't remember what happened. I had to like do something At the initial phase, we were going to pick the blinds out because they kind of just like gave us kind of the safety rundown. Yes. And you get to go out there. And so Amy kind (laughs) of got to go up and she picked a great blind.
2: Amy got to go up with my shotgun and your shotgun.
0: Lucky my new one's kind of light. Gotta so
2: carry a ball. A ball. So when I decided that my gun is heavier. <laughs> when you're
0: going to go on one of these hunts, let me tell her, you one next year. am up the
2: steep hill and take my gun too. You're going <gasps>
0: to want to bring a gun caddy with you. Bring the sling? <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to want to bring a gun oh, no, caddy, just, aka your wife and have her carry oh your gun up the hill. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah.
2: The second time it happened, I said, do you realize that both times we've hiked this hill, I've carried your gun? And he said, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not thank you, just yeah. The second oh. time
0: I was double fisted going up that hill. But.
1: Actually, the second time is like shame on you, Amy. Like you need to leave it, uh, leaning against a branch.
2: You know when my husband says he has to use the restroom.
1: Oh, it's that kind.
2: You know I don't question that. <laughs> we're not gonna tell those stories right now because we will get way sidetracked. But right. I take it serious. <laughs> but
1: it's the stories where he comes back with one less sock,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or koozie, hey. or koozie. When like in need, man, say. you gotta do what you gotta He's do. He's resourceful. My man. He's resourceful. My so, name. I, yeah. Thank you for giving me credit. I do appreciate that. I did uh, pick a great blind to start with. I just listened to Mike's advice about how normally or in the past, they've they've done this a few years, the birds tend to fly left. So when you're facing that bluff we spoke of that, the birds fly left. So I was like, well, I'll just, you I'm know, start left. with that strategy now. And I went left and it, it, did yeah, work it worked
0: out. out great. So then they, because it was kind of a really windy day. And is this this is for the pheasant? The duck and oh, pheasant. The duck so they, and pheasant. They
1: were
2: yeah, releasing at the same
0: time. The way it was oh. kind of broke out was like, you know, it was about 10 birds per person. Okay. And then it was kind of broke out like 75, 25, 75% duck, 25 pheasant. Interesting. And so that was kind of the breakdown. And so what ended up happening is you know, and you, when you're down in like the blind and we kind of like had been kind of coached up of what's going to happen, you get in this blind, you're kind of ready. So foreign to us because we're normally we're hunting. We have to go find the birds. And now you're knowing like these birds are eventually just going to fly over this hill and you don't know where they're going to come out. But you're like, OK. And so we're kind of sitting there getting ready, kind of like mentally trying to prepare for this. And we had been thinking about it, talking about it for a while.
2: Researching, I mean, trying to watch videos.
0: What were your thoughts like when we were standing there in the blind now, kind of like waiting for the first set of birds to come flying out?
2: Um, After I snapped a few photos and <laughs> enjoyed – I mean, it's beautiful there. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly recommend Comanche Hills. Awesome place. And it's like, spectacular. I got to say,
1: you have a great uh, pho- uh, photography eye, an eye right. for photography. It's, you are really good at, at photography. I'm
2: convinced that the two of you only take me along because uh you oh, know. Get a picture of this. Take yeah, that of you me. say, "Oh, oh, did you get any pictures?" And I say, "Yeah," and they're like, oh, "Awesome." <laughs> anyway, well, that's another time <laughs> Out as well. Of
0: benefit, man. What can I say?
2: And so then I, you know, snapped <laughs> snapped a couple photos. You know, placed those sparkly guns up, and you know, did did my thing. And then as we sit sit there, I told Jason like. I'm actually kind of getting nervous right now. Like the anticipation was growing because again, um, you know, you're just, you want to do well, you know, other people are watching, of course, all of our, you know, wonderful new families, like "Mm, we're going to be watching you. We're going to stand behind you. You know, there's a lot of competition, which I love very much, but you know, you want to show up and, and have a good time and, Make sure that you can drop a couple birds, you know?
1: Definitely.
2: Um, and so we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And then we heard um, some of the people who were working the event start calling on their duck calls. And so as soon as you heard those duck calls behind you, they were calling the ducks off the bluff down to the water below. Because oh, wow. there's a lake behind us. So that's what the birds are are going to do. They're trying to go get a drink of water. So that's why you know they're going to fly over you.
1: Thirsty birds. Yep.
2: Yep. Had their morning breakfast and... Down to... Uh,
1: to death.
2: I'll tell you what. It's amazing how many birds get by. It really is. And the wind didn't help because it made it extremely challenging with high winds. Huh. Like those birds, you know, you don't get every one. So it, we, you know, and you've had a whole podcast about, you know, planted hunts or different things and ranches and not wild. You think it's and, a gimme. Yeah. You kind of make the assumption that like, was going to be easy and do you shoot, shoot a lot of birds. You do you know, but not all of them. Right. And in fact, we have a video of that. Sorry, Jay. Of course I filmed you. No, and,
0: it happened. You know.
2: bah, bah, bah. And, and Jason and like, you know, 30 of his closest friends, almost. <laughs> yeah. Birds, yeah. So. yeah. You know, some,
0: some birds would sneak through and it was very interesting kind of going back to the weather thing because of the wind. You know, the, the wind was blowing really high up this this hill. And when it gets to the top of a bluff, you know, when you see like eagles kind of soaring on like a hill. Sure. Like if you kind of picture like you know, birds flying and using the drafts off the top of a hill. What these ducks and pheasant were doing, especially the pheasant, is that the wind was blowing so hard up this hill that when they got released, they flew out to the to the edge of this like hill in this bluff. And then the wind would be blowing super hard up that. So they just would kind of peel off and then drift kind of and just peel off super hard right, super hard left. And so what was happening is the blinds were kind of straight ahead. And so they were peeling off and then you were like, you know, you're, it's the birds are at 70 yards. And so trying to get a shot off at a bird that's now flying horizontally instead of kind of right at you vertically, like coming straight at you, they were peeling off and they were now going horizontally at like 70 yards.
2: If you've ever seen a kite take off and there's like that lift off moment where it just almost like wants to go backwards, that's what they were doing. You would see, I mean, it was beautiful. You'd see... Their whole wingspan, the feathers, the design, and they'd be gone. Oh, wow. It, it almost looked like, you know, they were kind of open, like if they were almost on the cross. Like they were this like beautiful tee. You could see all of their, all of their little, you know, you're close enough to see the detail. Yeah. But you couldn't shoot them.
0: That's crazy. They were gone. It was, it was really interesting too, you know, not to get too inside baseball as far as kind of uh, like gun technology and stuff, but like there's like chokes. And so, like, you know, you're using, like, one of the the chokes you're going to use is a modified choke. Okay. And so that determines, a choke determines the spread of your shot on a shotgun. So there's a bunch of little BBs. That choke determines the spread of the shotgun at what range. And so, like, a modified choke from, like, 40 to 50 yards, it's going to be kind of a a medium-sized circle. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a good perspective of, like, what your aiming for if a, if you're aiming for a bird you have a better chance of hitting it kill pattern like yeah exactly At like 40 to 50 yards and so what happened was there was a guy that all of a sudden I noticed he changed his choke and he changed his ammo he went from we were shooting four shot which are you know it's like the size of the bb four ounce bb sure there, and there's just like the level ones he changed it out and went all the way to a bb so it's not quite a buckshot, but it's a heavy heavy load that can reach really far. And he changed his choke to a full choke. And so now he changed his range from 40 to 50 yards to 80 yards. And so all of a sudden there was a guy that was you know three blinds over from us. These birds would get let go and they would peel off because they were kind of coming off the bluff and going, okay, I see a bunch of people down there and the wind's blowing hard and I'm getting out of here. And they would turn. And they would be flying horizontally across at, you know, 70 plus yards. And this guy was able to reach them with, because he changed his it choke. Was just all and all of a sudden, somebody And he was reaching birds. out there and hitting these birds. And it, obviously a very avid hunter knew what he was doing. And he was reaching those birds and dropping them up on the bluff. That was, you know, 7,500 yards out, man. It was insane. Just reaching out, boom, and dropping birds out there. So it was really he, interesting. But he, he was head very, very educated. You know, he knew what he was doing knew okay this technique isn't working this choke isn't working this this ammo isn't working and he had brought everything because he had done this before and knew what to anticipate was an avid waterfowl guy and just knew okay I need to change my approach and knew what to do and it was amazing to see it happen and him to make that note like it happened after the first round you saw these birds peeling off he changed it right away And then was boom, right back in the game. And then he was the one, you know, that was able to reach out and get those birds that were peeling off. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was super cool. That is pretty cool.
2: You guys have talked about it before. It's just like fishing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like changing your setup. Yep. You know, you're like, this isn't working. And so we're going to go with this other thing. And it's just a testament to each sport and how much you really have to know. So it's, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. You're not
1: going to use the same fishing pole or reel for Mm -hmm. all types of fishing.
2: Yeah,
0: no, you got to change it up, and it you was have to. it was it was interesting, and that was one thing for us, kind of going into it, is you know using ammo, you know, when you go uh, quail hunting, you know, we're using kind of a light lighter load shell, higher BB count, like smaller BBs when we go hunt quail or dove or whatever, and then going to like duck and like a waterfowl load, it's 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 now, a lot I heavier. I'm,
1: obviously I haven't done any any waterfowl uh, hunting at all, but um, do they I. Have that uh, the shotgun that is a full choke? Do they? But it only accepts two and three quarter shells. Do they make shells for?
0: They they do. So kind of when I was talking about the gun that my dad had kind of handed down to me and let me yeah. use, he used that in the in the in the shoot, and it was it's only a two and three quarter inch chamber. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I have. And so there are some duck loads for that, or waterfowl loads that are like that. Okay, they were two and three quarter like one and a quarter is like the amount of like the weight, like the weight, like weight, you know, the weight of, it. of the lead. So it's like kind of, they call it the brass or whatever. Yeah. They call it steel. So it's the weight of it. And then it was a two shot. So it's very heavy, like just a heavy, heavy size. load. Yeah. Lo- size, yeah. big, heavy load, but they do have it. I actually have some, some extra too. So. Interesting. Oh, okay. So cool.
2: you're talking takedown power, right? So if your shell was longer, there'd be more of whatever size, um, BB that, or, you know, shot that you put inside of it. So the, the real advantage of having a larger shell is that you get more of that. So Mm -hmm. again, like the brass and things are the same size, like the same weight, right? Same powder in there. But when you talk about the length of the shell, you're able to pack more little tiny, you know, pellets that could take down the bird.
0: Projectiles. So a three inch shell, you have more. Three and a half inch shell, you have way more. So
2: now when you have less... You need a a heavier little nugget going out to take that gotcha. down, gotcha. and and so that's why when I bought, twos. yeah, I was looking for for John stuff mm-hmm. and like how to help him. He needs to buy something with twos, and we were shooting fours because we had more
1: smaller BBs, but more chances, right? right. right.
2: Yeah, because you could fit more in the shell, exactly. And, and you know, we did a ton of research to try to help John out. And, and really people will tell you like some of it just comes down to preference. What do you shoot better? What patterns better in your gun? So, you know, you have to give that a shot, but, um, literally you can still shoot a duck easily with, you know, two and three quarter shell.
0: Interesting. Cool. So it was, it was a big learning.
1: (laughs) Then I have a shotgun for waterfowl. Yeah. You got one. I mean, I bought that shotgun because it was on consignment and I was getting into hunting and it was like, Hey, I don't have to borrow my uncle's shotgun anymore. Right. Which I ended up buying that shotgun that I borrowed <laughs> off of him later on in life, uh last year. Um, but yeah, that, that that one I just like, oh, it's an it's an automatic, and which is really semi automatic, but right. they, they call them automatic. And uh it was really cheap, you know, it was like 225 bucks. Yeah, you and can't it go wrong, like, man. Dude, Remington, I was like, I had to get it. So yeah. I didn't realize what I was buying, but it is a full choke, thirty-inch barrel, um, semi-automatic, you know, shotgun that shoots two and three-quarter-inch shells only.
2: Right. So it can't,
1: it, you know, it's it, even though it has the length and the choke, it doesn't have that shell size, the right. shell length.
2: And so the full choke will help you, right, right gain distance and keep a tighter pattern. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is, you know, in this hunt that we are on, there's 37 of us looking for the first shot. 37 yeah. of us wanting to drop that bird. Yeah. Well, normally you could let birds come in a little people farther. Wait. If people would be patient yeah. and not wanting to get the first shot off, yeah. You know, more birds probably would be.
1: But what you're saying is, the, I the can shot get list. the first shot. Off. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
1: You can reach out. Yeah, and reach you out could. And touch something you know? could. I didn't what say I let you. Either. I can.
2: You could, I so we'll
1: have the power,
2: you know, and that's the difference when you go on just a, just a hunt with your buddies. Cool. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, if we're talking spearfishing or spear guns, uh, you know, when you get into band strength and stuff, right. Hey, speaking of which, did you see Bly doing some tests on the, on the band strength? Yes. That was, sweet. That, was huh? awesome. that was amazing. That was a cool post. That was amazing. I re- I watched that over and over again. I was like, that is so neat. Yeah, I gotta you know what that means, right? Call, I gotta call him up and tell him to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> Can you, build you me need new <laughs> bands. Can you build me another gun? Yeah,
2: yeah. You've so been changing those bands I wanna, more frequently.
1: I want to, yeah, I want to ask him about that. So the result is that they they kind of lose their power over
0: kind of quick. Even in the same day, if you're if you're keeping your gun loaded for an extended period of time, it's gonna it's gonna lose its strength.
2: And at first, I was like, "Who who keeps their gun like that for fifteen minutes?" But duh, I, I do. do. I do all the time. And I'm swimming around looking for fish. Yep. Dude,
0: that makes
1: sense.
2: It made so much sense. I, so.
1: we got to talk to the master.
0: Yeah. Now we got to get sensei's learning learning the skills even more. He's gotta, learning it kind
2: of. But it just, and in, the isn't that like
0: amazing him.
1: that he's still learning? Like, yeah, all of this time that he's been down, he just based off of his experience in diving and shooting, how many fish? Um, I wonder what he would have said. Cause this has probably come up in conversation. Oh, for sure. And then it's like, well, I got a way to test it. And then they actually are testing this shit. And
2: right.
1: you know, I wonder what he thought beforehand. And I wonder, you know, what the verdict is now. What it what does it mean? Like, do like, I need it? do I like let's say we're going okay, we already booked a, a trip in Baja right. for May. So we are gonna go in May. And that is gonna come up. That's in five months. It's coming up very countdown. fast. Mario has yeah. a countdown on his phone. It's an app that he has <laughs> yeah. with the yeah, picture he sent out, of us. Send out the text. Yeah, me. yeah. So it's it's getting uh it's getting there. Um. So I want to find out if I need to take if if it makes sense to take two sets of bands and yeah, you switch and them out, out half bands, the day.
0: The trip, yeah. No, it does. No, man, halfway I mean, through the day. Oh wow! So because obviously
1: is, these this rubber has memory. So the, I, I want to talk to blood. Yeah, right. You hey, got to get there. I guess the, the
2: other you know piece that you have to remember is like then at yeah it sounds like they have a lot of stretch at first, but then at some point that stretch has to reduce. And so at that point, what does that mean? Because you might really be changing them. Yeah, you're going to get that stretch, but you're changing them so frequently, you still have like the range where it's really high powered. All right. So at what point? So I I guarantee you, Mr. Uh, Captain Bly has continued to work on that.
1: Well, he's an engineer background, so his brain is never going to quit on this type of uh, crunching no, of numbers and, it's, it's and wanting to know. So cool that he's doing it. I can't wait to pick his brain on this.
0: Uh, it's a lifetime. And, and it's funny, like I, I always say this, and especially all of us here are gear junkies. I'm sure there's plenty more out there. But I'm like, okay, I've now I've got this for this specific purpose. Right. And then you start to build your quote-unquote quiver – to kind of build out around that, right. whether it be be a shotgun or it be a, a spear gun or whatever the case is, you know, a pair of skis, you're kind of going like, hey, right, right. there's a quiver for, this is specific Fishing for this. pole, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And so then like, you know, when like first couple of fishing trips we went on, I'm like, why does that guy have six poles? And then- Dude, me too. And then Same you're thing. like, and then you go out and you're like, I need six poles. And I'm they're like, fucking- <laughs> I need three more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just the way it goes. And you yeah. really realize how specialized,
2: Right. each segment right. is
0: and when you're in the moment the heat of the moment it's like fishing like you don't get another you chance. get a bite you in like this is hitting you know fly line bait with a you know conventional reel like 20 pound test you want to be able to react because you already have another pole set up just that same way you get broken off you want to be able to throw one out you know out what right the way
1: like, you the way you figure this out the way you figure this out is going on a sport boat mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. every private boat you're like oh oh i got a bite There's no – there's like, oh, I don't – you don't know what they're hitting on. On a sport boat, you got people doing live bait. You got people dropping stuff all the way down to the bottom. You got people doing uh, lures, jigs, jigs, uh, you know, surface irons. You got people doing all types of fishing, and you find out right then and there what is biting. Tomorrow, yesterday, all different. You know, so true, man. Different. So, true. so what is going on right then and there? Sport boats are the way to go for that, for that type of live action. Information because you got
0: 30 or 40 and other dudes. That's right why
1: there. you have six poles ready to go. You have uh two with this type of lure in different size, and you have one that's ready to go for live bait. You have a second one, it's it's just insane.
2: I think the bigger picture of that is you know, you have to remember that you have to remember while you're doing something that you have you can change. And a lot of people forget that. They just keep doing the same thing over and over, they're frustrated. So whether it's changing your ammo, changing your choke, changing Dude, your lure, experience, whatever, it is, it is, and man. but it's but it's staying present in the moment. It's thinking about like what else can I do? And not just accepting the fact that it's not working right then.
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah. And it's gonna elevate your success. You know, a like, lot no of people
2: what. like they don't think that way. And yeah, granted, like, hmm. You can talk fishing poles all you want, but I don't have very many. <laughs> Husband. And, and you still can. Right. But, I've you know, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, sore subject. We're not going to talk about that now. But, um, next episode.
1: Next episode.
2: <laughs> but you have to really start thinking about that and using your resources. So it's no, and, in and every that's, sport. It's pretty Which,
0: cool figuring it out. It's what's really fun. And we were talking about that a little earlier. Just like every day out in the field, you're learning something Options, new. man. You're learning something new. Options.
1: I got, I got now – Now I know I have a shotgun for for waterfowl, I have a shotgun for short-range birds, and then I got a shotgun if you're an intruder and coming into my house, (laughs) so I got them
0: all. Don't try it. Don't don't try try. it. (laughs) No, it was was a good experience. You know, this this season's been been really good. We've been learning so much. It's been so
1: good that we haven't been recording as much as we should. We need to be recording more.
0: Yeah, we got to make it more of an effort to get in here hopefully in the new studio we'll have to take a picture of the new studio when it's built at the new house yeah. right maybe take the before and after the we'll, we'll need a we'll figure intermittent it studio before and so. after yeah no, free we'll, range yeah. tales
1: i'm yeah, excited thanks boys pop oh, man 2020 is coming up back again
0: another big year coming up ready to get after it man free range tales
1: it's gonna continue
0: check it cheers guys cheers
1: Cheers. good times <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Free Range Tales podcast. We're having fun reliving some of our stories and hope you guys are too. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think. Also, check us out on Instagram at Free Range Tales. Thanks for listening. We'll check you next time.